0: Good morning everybody. Hope you're doing okay. Let's uh, give the praise team a hand this morning. They did great. I could have just, you know, stayed here for a few more songs and we could have went home. been a good day. Thank you for, for that. want to welcome you out. want to welcome those listening and watching online. I uh, want to say happy Valentine's Day to all of you so you, I can feel the love in the room. There was a husband and wife that were having a conversation. The husband was not feeling well and hadn't been feeling well for some time, and he was really concerned, and so he talked to his wife about it, and she got really concerned, and so they went to the doctor, uh, went to the physician, and um, ran some tests and had some things uh, checked out, looked over, and the doctor came in and wanted to speak with the wife alone. Said I need need to talk to you, you know, by yourself. And so, um, she looked at the doctor uh, when they were alone and said, "Look, how, doc, how how bad is it?" And he said, "Well, your husband's going to die." And um, said, "Look, you can do some things that will uh, help him live." And she said, "I'll do anything. I'm I'm ready to do anything." She, he said, "Well, you know, he, he can't have any stress in his life whatsoever." No stress at all, and he he's going to need three healthy meals a day. You're going to have to make sure that he you, you cook for, for him and make him three healthy meals a day. You're going to have to love on him and kiss him and encourage him and tell him that you you love him. Um, and so on the ride home, the the husband looked at the wife and said, "Well, honey, you know how bad is it?" She said, "It's terminal." know if that helped you in your relationship today or not. I'm hoping it did. Today we're going to be talking about relationships. And, um, you know, relationships are so hard uh, because it involves people, right? You can't have a relationship without uh, someone else. It involves people. And relationships are really hard now. You know, they were hard before, During a pandemic, yeah, relationships are very difficult. There's lots of studies out there, and if you're into these sorts of things, uh, you know, there's lots out there. And sociologists and um, educators and professional people are looking at the impact that this pandemic has had on people's lives, and it's been tremendous. And actually, they're saying it's going to take years and years and years for this to get back to normal, um, it's just affected so many different, different people in different ways, and primarily, it's affected our relationships. All right. Now, let just let me give you this for an example. We know that the divorce rates were high already. All right. So, just this time last year, um, there's been a thirty percent increase in divorce filings. Thirty percent increase. in a year it's astronomical Um, 40% okay so 4 out of every 10 people um, some of you today are saying that the pandemic has greatly impacted their mental health big big impact on people's lives Sadly, also 25%, so one in four young people, teens, um, through this have contemplated suicide. It's, it's affected our lives in big ways. And so when, when it begins to affect you and how you think and how you view things, it naturally starts to affect how you relate to others. All right? How are you in your relationships today? How are your relationships? Are you um, struggling there? Do you have a relationship that needs transforming? You know, you know, maybe you're like a lot of people. Maybe, maybe I'm like this a little bit. Maybe you've had enough, right? You're just at the end of your rope. You're ready to snap. You've had you've you've had enough. You don't have any more patience. Like that's all spent. You're bankrupt in your patience account. It's it's not there. Do you find yourself getting tired of dealing with other people? Right. Maybe even people around you. You know, it's weird. You would think that being quarantined and being isolated with people you love. Hey, it's, this will be the greatest thing in the world, man. I'll just be around people I love, right? Wrong. It's like it had the opposite effect, right? Even those that you are closest to, it's caused some disagreements and division and just, hey, I'm just tired. You know. You know, our relationships are important to God. Okay. As a matter of fact, next to Your relationship with God, the relationship that you have with others is the most important thing to God. How you relate and how you interact with others is the most important thing to God other than your relationship with him. Did you know that? Jesus said this in Matthew 22, verse 37, and he was being questioned by some people that thought they knew it all, right? You ever talk to people like that? Um, They were trying to... Discredit Jesus, embarrass him. What's, they said, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And he says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So Jesus is saying this, and we know that, right? I mean, this is love God. Yeah, we get this. Love Love God with all that we are, with all that we have, with all our mind, with all our soul. We get that, But, but Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes on and says, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, this is a big statement here, what Jesus said. The whole Old Testament, the whole Old Testament law, everything can be wrapped up in this statement. Hey, you love God and you love your neighbor as yourself. And look, we focus on the first part, not really on the second. But we don't have that privilege you see um jesus th- these are inseparable he wel- he he has welded them together and we cannot separate these you can't and so you can't love god with all your heart without loving your neighbor as yourself you see you can't you can't do it and you can't love your neighbor as yourself without loving god with all your heart it, you, you just can't do either one um and this, this teaching is also found in the Gospel of Luke. And in that, another person that was just, you know, thought they knew everything said, okay, Jesus, you're right, um, but who is my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? And that's when Jesus goes on to give us the parable of the Good Samaritan. And the Samaritans were the enemies of the Jews. So what was Jesus trying to show us in that? Hey, your neighbor is anyone that you come into contact with anyone, including people that you don't like, and including people that don't like you. That that is your neighbor. You know, studies show that you and me, on average, engage in about a hundred relationships a year. A hundred. That's that's people that you have more than just a high and a buy with. Okay. And that's just at the physical level. You throw in technology and social um, platforms it you know, it increases. But just physically, like talking with and interacting with somebody, a hundred relationships. How can we obey the great commandment to, to love God and to love others? And we've been in this series called Transformed, and we're looking at some important ways that we can be transformed in our lives. And so we want to look at relationships today. And we can be transformed in our relationships by renewing our minds renewing our minds you know what does the world tell you about relationships who's number one you who's most important you who do you need to look out for you that's what the world tells us that's not what God tells us though so we got to renew our minds we got to rethink our relationships now I want to share with you three things this morning on how we can renew and rethink our relationships, and I want you to really pay attention, because these three things will change your life today. They'll change your life. I promise they will. And what I wanted to do was give a generalized um, sermon this morning that will apply, not just to, since it's Valentine's Day, you know, usually we talk about, you know, lovey husband and wife love type of thing. I want no matter what relationship you have, or what person that you engage in, these are going to help you. These are going to help you. First of all, Live in God's love. If you want to transform your relationships or if you need a transformation in your relationships, you need to live in God's love. You do. You do. Um, think about this. Now, this might blow your mind this morning. But did you know God loves you? God love. God loves you? Um, we need to start there. Because it's hard to understand God's love for others until you appreciate the fact that God loves you. He loves you. 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. God loves you. You know, God God just didn't call a timeout, right, and, and say this thing's not working. And he didn't just say, Look, I'm going to command you guys to love. I know we've never practiced this play before. You've never seen it done. You just do it. He, did, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He showed us, showed you love first. Here's the truth. Um, brother, You're you're a difficult person to love. Brother, you don't have it all together. Sister, hey, let's be honest. You're hard to love. Sister, sometimes you're mean, right? Brother, sometimes you could just be a jerk. Look, let's be honest. we got two things in common, all of us. We are all sinners. None of us are perfect. We are all sinners, and we are all loved by God. We're all loved by God. Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We need to realize that. We need to live in that love. You know, God didn't wait for the world to kind of make a turn for the better. He didn't wait for things to start to straighten out. No, God loved you in a way that while the world was engulfed in sin, he showed his love and sent his son to die. And, you know, I take for granted every week when I'm up here, and I just naturally think that everybody in the room is a Christian, and I think everybody's listening is a Christian. But look, um, if you're here or you're listening, and you just think that man, I've messed up too many times, or that church thing, there's no way I could fit into that, or I see Christianity and it's just not me. That there's no way God could accept me. Look, you're you're just wrong. The truth is, is that God has already loved you because He sent His Son Jesus. So the truth of the matter is, you don't you don't get right to get God's love. You've already got God's love. You just accept that. You accept it. He loved you. He loves you first. You know, and and here's the thing. Here's the thing. It wasn't just love that was displayed 2,000 years ago. It's love that was displayed this morning to you. You know, God continues to show you love and grace and, and mercy. Look at Lamentations 3.22. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. It never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Are you thankful for that? Look, are you thankful that God forgives you and shows you mercy each and every day of your life? Because guess what? You and I, we're all sinners. But guess what? You and I are all loved by God. We need to be thankful for that. You know, what are the effects of living in God's love? Well, you're going to be patient. Why? Because God's patient with you. You're going to be more tender-hearted, right, because God's tender-hearted with you. Do you know this world is a hard place to live in, and it could easily create a hard heart within you? If you separate yourself from God in a way that you don't feel his love and are thankful for his love each and every day, your heart is going to grow hard and that isn't going to spill over into how you treat others. But if you are constantly going to God and thanking him for him loving you, you're going to keep a tender heart and you'll treat others the same way. You know, when you are thankful for God's love for you, you'll be thoughtful for God's love. Of others, You know, Paul was one of those guys that never got over God's love. You realize who Paul was. He was the enemy of the Lord. A religious zealot that thought he knew it all, thought he was always right, and it was his way or no way. You know somebody like that? That's the way Paul was. He persecuted Christians. He hated the church. He thought Jesus was a phony. And it blows me away what the Lord did to him. His enemy singled him out and and showed him love. And it wrecked Paul. It wrecked him. It wrecked him. Why did he deserve to be treated that way? He never got over that. He never got over that. And it showed in how he lived his life. And what we read in Paul is a completely different person. And I want you to notice Ephesians 4, two, The guy who was passionate about being right all the time, the guy who was passionate about persecuting Christians, the guy who was impatient with people writes this, be completely humble and gentle. Is that the same guy? Be, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Is that the same guy? It's not. Because he lived in God's love. He never got over that. You know, this is so much easier to do for us when when you realize that God has been this way with you. Man, I'm thankful that God is patient with me. I'm thankful that God is gentle with me. I'm thankful that God is humble with me. You see, thank God every day that he shows you mercy. It'll it'll have a big impact on you. It will and it will have a big impact on your relationship with others. So, living in God's love is the first step in transforming your relationships. The second step is this, and it's a big one. Learn to sacrifice. Learn to sacrifice. What did I say? Learn there, because we don't know how to do it. It's like a—it's not natural. It's not something that we just naturally, you know, learn to do. As a matter of fact, if we don't train ourselves, we'll never do it. Never do it. Got to learn, learn to sacrifice. John thirteen thirty four says, "A new command I give you: Love one another, as I have loved you. So you must love one another." Now, in John chapter 13, in this chapter, um, at the beginning of this, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Anybody ever do that to somebody else? <laughs> Can't imagine that, right? Really couldn't imagine the end in this culture. It was part of their culture, but it was reserved for servants. And it's interesting that we find Jesus, the Holy One, the King of Kings, getting on his knees and washing the feet of everyday sinners like you and me. In Philippians, it talks about how Jesus didn't take advantage of his lordship didn't take advantage of him being god and that he he humbled himself he's, he gave that up he gave up he gave up that that right he willingly laid it aside and then as he's washing his disciples' feet he's he's telling them hey i'm not going to be with you much longer and he was headed to the cross you see when we look at it in that context when we read this here it has a totally different meaning you know as i have loved you so you are to love one another. What's he talking about there? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. It means we are to be willing to give up something for the sake of someone else. Ephesians 5. This is Paul again saying this, and he's pointing back to Jesus. He says, follow God's example. You see, that goes back to we love because he loved us first. Right? He, he gave us an example to look to, an example to follow. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in in the way of love. You walk in that way, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering. And notice, notice, notice. A sacrifice to God. A sacrifice. Paul saying, follow Jesus' example. Walk in the love that you have been shown. How can, how can you give up something for someone else maybe you're this morning when i mentioned if if you need a transformation in a relationship if that's you what can you give up what can you sacrifice in that you know you may be justified in in whatever it is. You may be in the right, right? Could you sacrifice your right? Let me ask you this. How do you treat someone that you disagree with? How do you treat someone that disagrees with you? You may be right. Could you give up your right? Could you with could you could you withhold that even though you may be justified? How do you how do you treat somebody that is mean to you? How do you really how do you treat somebody that intends to harm you? I know what we, I I know, man, vengeance is sweet. We immediately start thinking of ways to get back, to get even. We start thinking, man, karma is going to swing around, right, like the culture club comes and goes. We start thinking those things. But look at 1 Peter three 9. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Really? When somebody insults you, I'm not supposed to insult them back? Like I'm not supposed to defend myself? I'm not supposed to get in this argument? No, that's what, it's what exactly what it's saying. Don't retaliate. And how about not, how about not arguing? How easy is it for us to get in that back and forth, back and forth? No, you don't sacrifice that. Even though you're right, sacrifice it. How hard is it not to antagonize? When we're passionate about something, give that up, sacrifice that. Need to learn to let some things go. You know, we. This is hard for us because we naturally think that sacrifice is weakness, but it's not. Matter of fact, it's the opposite. Because it's so easy for us to to lash out. It's so easy for us to to. Get involved in arguments and disagreements and start to battle it out. That is easy. We have no problem doing that. You know what's hard and you know what takes strength? Giving it up. Letting it go. You might say, Zach, you don't know how hard this is for me. This has been the most difficult time of my life. This has been the most difficult relationship of my life. Let me ask you this. How hard was it for Jesus to go to the cross? For you. You might say, Zach, you don't know how painful this is. You don't know how bad this person hurt me, not only physically or emotionally or mentally, verbally. This person has destroyed me and is seeking to destroy me. You don't don't understand how painful this is. Let me ask you this. How painful was it for Jesus to be nailed to a cross for you? You might say, look, this person, I'm constantly bombarded by this person. They won't stop running their mouth. They won't stop anti- antagonizing me. They are barraging me on social media. i got to say something. ask you this. How hard was it for Jesus to remain silent when insults were being hurled at him and he was being sped upon and punched in the face? See, sacrifice is not about you. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And when we learn that We've learned a foundational principle in life. When I sacrifice, I look more like Jesus. I look more like Christ. You're showing mercy. You're showing love because that is what Jesus did for you. So we are to live in God's love. We are to learn to sacrifice. And I pray that we would learn how to let go of some things, how to give up some things. Over, if anything, not for the sake of the other person, but for the sake of Christ. We do that. Then finally, one more thing. This one is also hard. We need to look to bless. Look to bless. We need to be intentional about blessing others. Now this is pretty easy when we're talking about husband and wife on Valentine's Day, right? When Will bless you with some flowers and some candy, or maybe that's hard for you, right? Um, but look to bless those that are hard to bless. Right? Um, you know, I, I know we think sometimes that God, we question God: why are we send, why is He sending hard people in our life? Right? What did we do to deserve this? I tell you, many times hard people are a blessing. You know, sometimes God knows that you need hard people in your life so that you could be more like Him. And many times He knows that's the only way. You know, think about David. What a great person he was! Right? We talk about him all the time. Man after God's own heart. But you know, David needed a Saul in his life. He needed a Saul to pursue him in order for David to pursue God. Some of us need need that in our lives, you see. And what did David do with Saul? It just blows me away. This guy that was, was against him, that wanted to ruin him, that wanted to bring him down, that wanted him eliminated, that mistreated him, what did David do to him? He played the harp for him. (laughs) He played the harp for his enemy, for Saul. He wanted to to bless him, to make him more comfortable, you see. We need to look to bless others, even those that are hard to bless. 1 Peter 3.9 says, Don't repay evil for evil. We're going to read the whole verse. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, notice this, pay them back with a blessing. Pay them back with a blessing. What? You mean pay back someone who is mistreating me with a blessing? Are you kidding me? No. No, that's what the Word says. That's what Jesus says in Luke 6. He says, do good to those who hate you. He, said, he says, pray for those who curse you. He says, bless those who want to do evil against you. What? I tell you, if you learn to bless others and you look to bless others, it'll have a big impact on you and your relationships. You know, there's a lot of disagreements out there there's a lot of tension there's a lot of volatility there's a lot of opinions there's a lot of anger there's a lot of hatred you know we got the mask versus the no max people you know i'm right and you're wrong and then over here i'm right and you're wrong right we got we got the teachers and the parents and the and it's just uh, the parents are ready just to just to give up and we've got the teachers that are in the same boat they're just like oh oh, so frustrated what if we what if we instead of complaining and arguing and lashing out what if we look to bless what if instead of giving everybody our opinion, what if we gave out blessings instead? What if instead of telling someone how bad they've made our lives, what if we tell someone that we are grateful for them and thankful for them? What if instead of Blasting someone or people on social media? What if in the quietness of our home, what if we prayed for that person or people? What if what if, instead of getting caught up in talking about somebody else at work, what if we took up That person? What if we started offering positives about somebody else? Hey man, what if instead of talking about how old our president is and laughing at it and getting caught up in all that stuff, what if you actually prayed for the president? Regardless of your political affiliation, regardless of what you what you think or who you voted for, is that not a blessing to pray for somebody? You know, and, and instead of talking about how our our vice president is Jezebel and our president is the Antichrist, come on, people, come on, Christians, we got to do better than that. I've seen so much of this stuff; it's it's ridiculous. What if we what if we prayed for our leaders, even though we disagree with them? Which one is more like Christ? We 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 need to look to bless. You know. Notice if you do this. It's not just the person that receives the blessing. It's you. It's you. That is what God has called you to do and he will grant you his blessing. <laughs> you see? So many people, so many of us miss out on on God blessing us because why? Because we won't bless others. So many of you are missing out on God taking your life to the next level simply because you're not blessing other people. Let me ask you this. Did you deserve to be blessed by God? No. But he blessed you anyway. I'm telling you, when you start blessing those that are hard to bless, hey, it'll start making a big difference. It'll start making a big impact not only on them but on you. Proverbs 11, whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and the one who waters will himself be watered. Is that you today? Could that be you? God wants to enrich you. He wants to bless you, but he also wants you to bless others. And let me ask you this. What changes people? Really? We look out at all these things going on in the world. What changes? What changes people? What brings about change? Definitely not your opinion, not your argument. Grace is what changes people. Grace is what brings about change. Grace changes you. And it also changes others. It changes the world. Look to bless others even when it's hard. Even when you want to beat somebody, (laughs) bless them instead. I promise you, it'll hit them harder. They won't know what hit them when you hit them with grace. They're expecting the other thing. They're expecting the beating. Be the blessing in somebody's life. When we choose to bless, look, we look more like Jesus. And I want to end with this. The world doesn't need to see more of me and you and our opinions and our arguments. The world needs to see more of Jesus. The world needs to see more of Jesus. And he says this in John 13, 35, By this, everyone will know that you are mine. You are mine. You are my disciples. And everybody will know it if, if, and that's a big if, if you love one another. Will you do that? We do that this week. In, in your marriages, in your relationships, in your family, in the workplace. I'm telling you, you're going to be challenged tomorrow. Will you do this? Will you? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this message today. So needed. For me, for everyone. When we think about relationships, you've, you didn't just create us, you created everyone. And you sent your son Jesus to die for the world, for everyone. You, you love us, you love everyone. Father, when we look at how we interact with others, that you are very interested in how we treat others. As a matter of fact, you've linked it to loving you. We can't can't really love you at all without showing love to others. And when we don't show love to others, we don't don't show love to you. Help us to see that this morning. Help us to, first of all, live in, in your love that you have for us. Father, forgive us for ever letting a day go by when we are not thankful for your grace and your mercy for for us. Father, we're thankful that we didn't have to figure out life and figure out how to get back to you and how to get our life straight before we could ever be loved by you. No, you loved us. You loved us first in spite of who we are and instead of everything, you loved us. Help us to live in that love and be close to you. Father, help us to learn to sacrifice and be like Jesus. Help us to give up some things. Help us to learn to let go of some things. Help us to learn to step away from from arguments and disagreements. Even when we're right, help us to relent. Father, help us to look to bless others. As you have blessed us, Father, none of us deserved your son Jesus. None of us. But yet you blessed us anyway. Father, help us to bless someone this week. Help us to give good and grace. Help us to Do these things for the purpose of showing Jesus to a world that needs to see your son. We're so thankful for everything that you've done for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.